0: Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPL Roundtable at gmail.com.
1: I'm Jamie Smith. I edit the non-enever podcast, Burnley FC website and podcast.
2: Hi, I'm Dan, Arsenal fan. You can get me on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits
3: hi guys i'm jim i'm the leicester city fan for the epl roundtable um you can find me on twitter at jim 88
0: all right thanks so much for joining us guys and please have jamie back with us he technically supports a, a championship club but soon for now, likely, for now. To, right soon to be <laughs> premier league club once more you're obviously in a very tight race in the championship level on top of that league at the moment what's the feeling around berlin at the moment
1: i, I think quite confident um I feel a bit sick thinking about it at the moment because it's so tight and so tense, but I think um, last weekend's results with us beating Preston and then Middlesbrough dropping points sent us top of the league, and I think everyone's now fairly confident that we are going to get the job done, knowing that two wins will be enough. Middlesbrough, play, Middlesbrough they play Brighton on the last day as well, which obviously suits us, and it means that they can't both win their games. I think... Um, We're 21 games unbeaten now, which is I think level with Brighton for the longest in the league this season, so we're obviously very hard to beat. We've got fairly winnable fixtures, QPR at home on Monday and then Charlton away on the last day. I think some fans are starting to get a bit concerned about possible protests on the last day. Charlton fans are obviously very upset with their ownership, they've been relegated again to League One this season, um, which I think Burnley fans sympathise with, but there is a section of Charlton supporters talking about trying to get the game abandoned, which would obviously cause all manner of chaos for Burnley and the other promoted clubs. So hopefully um, they will protest, but be respectful to our ambitions of getting promotion as well. But yeah, very positive at the moment. Obviously a little bit of nerves, particularly because we don't play until Monday. The other two teams play, so we could be back in third um, by the time we play again. But on the flip side, if... Borough and Brighton were to slip up, then we would be able to seal promotion on Monday. So it's very exciting. Just hopeful that we can take that final step now because we've been so consistent all season. It would be a real shame if if we then had to go through the playoffs because the playoffs are awful and I hate them.
0: Yeah. um How much more would it mean to Burnley to win the league instead of just getting promoted? Even if it wasn't second,
1: you know what? I honestly don't know at the moment. I think. I'm not bothered at all. If we were already promoted, then I think I'd be more fussed. Obviously, we came second behind Leicester a couple of years ago, but Leicester were always a few points clear of us, especially after they beat us with a few weeks to go. So it'd be nice to win it, but I think promotion's the the ultimate goal and it'd be good to have something to parade on the open bus tour, but I'm not too fussed. I think we'll still remember the promotion formally, whether we get the title or not at the end of it.
0: All right, and then the other big news happening today as we're recording is that the Danny Inks Tribunal, that is maybe nine months too late, gone ahead and listed it at 6.5 million, potentially rising to 8 million based on performance incentives. What's just your overall take of that whole process and where it ended up?
1: Uh, I'm not really sure, to be honest. I think it's taken so long to come out. I think. A lot of Burnley fans are just glad that it's over, especially since the, the tribunal happened and then it was another two days until we actually found out. It was like, is it going to be like another nine months until they actually tell us what we're going to get? Um, apparently, it is the biggest tribunal fee ever, so that's obviously a positive. The club's obviously done a fantastic job to get as much money as possible for him, but I I was kind of hoping for a little bit more money. This is obviously a guy who was the championship player of the year the year before we got promoted then scored eight nine goals i think in the premier league for a poor team to be honest um obviously they can't take into account what's happened since he's moved to liverpool but he started well there he's he's played for england since he left Burnley, so he's, he's obviously a player of big potential and although he's had the injury that's meant he's missed a lot of this season i think um in the end eight million will prove to be an absolute bargain. But um, as a friend argued it to me, it's, it's compensation rather than a transfer fee. So you can't try and compare it to his market value because then we'd probably be talking at least twice as much.
0: Yeah. And, and as was reported at the time, Tottenham were interested for around 12 million. And as I mentioned when I was talking to you earlier today, uh, no bias at all, but he definitely should have just come to Tottenham. He would
1: have <laughs> yeah.
0: More money. He would have gotten more playing time. He already knew Kane from U21 stuff. And then. Uh, the tournament that summer, and he obviously knew Trippier, who we brought in as well, I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, I I think he had his heart set on Liverpool, he's obviously, um, I think he followed Liverpool growing up, even though he was from from Southampton and was reputedly a, a Southampton fan, I think he just, maybe grown up watching Liverpool, had an admiration for the club, obviously still a massive club, even though they've not really competed domestically of late. I think he'd have probably played about the same number of games at either club, to be honest. It'd have been cover for Kane at Spurs, although he can play on the wing. He can play as number 10. You've got players he can play there as well. So he was going to be a squad player at either club. Obviously, Liverpool have changed their manager. We're not sure what Cop's going to do in terms of strikers over the summer. But I think he was starting to look really good before the injury. So it'll certainly be interesting to, to follow his career over the next few years.
0: Yeah. Also, Southampton to Liverpool, a trail well worn.
2: <laughs> in recent years. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Maybe maybe he just felt like he had to because that's what <laughs> yeah, we, that's
2: what
0: we do now, right?
2: <laughs> really that's what all the cool kids do. T- yeah, right. really <laughs> yeah.
0: surprising that Potts didn't go for the Liverpool job. Um, all right, uh, now on to Dan. We spoke very recently uh, at the weekend about all likes of player awards that were officially announced about 10 minutes after we were done recording, which was quite frustrating. Uh, but anything else happening at Arsenal of late?
2: Um, I can't say no, but no, um, (laughs) um, we have everyone fit for the first time in God knows how long, um, I mean fit as in in training, Ox is still not available for another, I don't know how long, Venger doesn't know how long, because Orla might be able to come back on the bench this weekend, so woo, I guess, for the last two or three apathetic games of the season. Um... Outside of that, nothing's really been going on other than fans are getting mad and mad because they're fans, that's what they do. Um, yeah, there's not a lot going on at Arsenal at the moment that I didn't cover on Sunday. Um, mm.
0: Well, we, we one of the things we mentioned was, you know, you among many Arsenal fans think maybe it's time for Wenger to go, but there's not really a better option out there. So uh, I saw earlier today somebody was mentioning Coleman. And you were not a super big fan of that. Yeah, no, but, um, no I can't DeBoer say. Yeah. looks like he's on his way out of Ajax. Do you think he would need a bigger job before coming to a club like Arsenal?
2: Yeah, no, I'm not really.
0: I'm not sold on DeBoer yet. Mm. Um, Neither were we. <laughs> yeah. That's what we went with Potts. Yeah, yeah, that was a good decision. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that went really well, and it's also not what I wanted. So uh, Yeah. I no,
2: I, I, I was, I, was ha- I mean, as an Arsenal fan, you know, Boo Spurs! I was happy when you didn't get your we were well, seemingly first choice manager, but I mean, yeah. turns out Pochettino's better. Um, yeah, yeah um, as far as man- managers that are, i mean, like I said on Sunday, I don't think there's anyone legitimately available that is um, a real upgrade on what we have. I think everything is either a sidestep or a downgrade. I think Cohen's a significant a significant downgrade. Uh, I've said that time and time again, and uh, I I think if we want to go for our own. Moyes-like mistake. I don't think we should be so on the nose with someone who plays reactive cross-heavy football because it really it, it's really too similar for me to handle between Moyes and Komen. I think Komen's a bit better than Moyes but not enough to um to make the step up to Arsenal. I just don't think he'd be able to do it.
0: Fair enough. Uh, now we'll move on to Jim who may have less to say really about Leicester. Not really much happening there. Something about being able to win the title this weekend or something?
3: Yeah, for the first time in forever, Tottenham didn't win a game, which helped. Um, so yeah, we battered uh, Swansea uh, on Sunday, 4-0. <clears throat> they really look like they're done for the season, to be honest. Their best defender is Ashley Williams, and when he passes mores the ball with about 10 minutes on the clock and he just scores, you know it's going to be a long afternoon if you're a Swansea fan. Um, so I would, I would expect them to pretty much get beat wherever they play for the next few weeks because they just don't look bothered and when it get done, I mean, getting beat by Leicester is, is one thing but they got beat 3-0 by Newcastle the week before which, you know, Newcastle couldn't beat anyone a couple of weeks ago and I know they're kind of getting better under Benitez but that kind of speaks volumes, I think, about Swansea and their lack of interest coming towards the end of the season uh, and then, yeah, obviously you'll come on to talk about the, the Tottenham game in a little while but that was a huge result on Monday night it now means that we can go to Old Trafford on Sunday and potentially win the league, which are words that I still can't believe are actually coming out of my mouth and that are actually true. Um, So it's going to be a huge game. We're still without Jamie Vardy, who had his suspension um, extended by one game after his uh, misconduct um, charge from the FA and um, we'll be without him. So whether or not we go with the same I would imagine we'll start the same team, potentially, that, that played Swansea. Which is Jeff Schlupp instead of Mark Albrighton to give us a bit more raw pace on the wings, and then Leonardo Jara and Shinji Okazaki up front. So, United are in good form at the weekend. Um, they've been pretty good for a few weeks now, getting better just as Van Hol seemingly being shown the door. So, it'll be interesting to see how we cope um, without one of our kind of best players against a team that are coming into a bit
0: of form. Yeah, it definitely will be an interesting one. The second we lost our match, I said, "Of course you're going to lose to United." just to rub it in and then pick up the points where you need to. Uh, We haven't had you on since one of your players won uh, Player of the Year in Riyad Mahrez, the first African player to ever win it. Uh, What was your take on him winning it and kind of the internal debate of him versus Conte?
3: I think it's fair enough that he won it. Um, He's been a superstar. And I think the reason that he has won it um, over Conte is because typically he's done the things that get more recognized in the media as successful so if you score double figures in assists and goals in a season um I don't know I don't know if you can call that like a double double like you do in basketball but you know he's 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 done that time and time again and you know he had double figures in both of those about three months ago and he's been kind of off the boil a little bit recently and then came roaring back to form um against Swansea so I can understand why he's been given it. I think Kante has been more important to us, um, f- probably if you c- compared the two, um, uh, mostly because I think we've got players that could do not as good a job as, as uh, Mahrez, but we have other wide players that could fill that void to an, a degree, whereas I really don't see that midfield destroyer like Kante is and someone who's going to be able to keep pace with you know seemingly anybody and tackle the ball from them so cleanly. Um, the guys only had three yellow cards all season, which for someone who's made the most tackles by about, I think he's about 25 clear of the next best tackler in the division is is incredible. Um, so I, I could see why Kante was, was given a shout. And, you know, if, if, as someone who watches them every week, I can kind of appreciate it more than maybe the people that were voting on the panel because you're attracted to stuff like goals and assists. So, yeah, I've got no argument with Morris winning it at all. Whether or not he's still a Leicester player this time next year remains to be seen. I'm kind of sceptical about that. I think he's, I think he's been angling for a move for a little while. So it wouldn't surprise me if we lost him in the summer for hopefully a significant transfer fee.
2: How much uh, do you think he'll go for if he goes?
3: Well, this is the thing. Um, he isn't English, so you can't apply that kind uh. of... Young and English multiplier that you can normally get with players from Southampton and the like.
0: But you could um, do uh, Premier League experience, which is Liverpool's favourite.
3: That's, yeah, that's true. Um, apparently, there's a few reports today that he's top of Arsenal's um, transfer list in the summer. I would say, kind of, considering we paid six million for him a year ago, kind of mid, I don't know, 20 to 25, I think we would want. Um,
2: I don't I think you think he should, should ask for much more than that. Uh. <laughs> I think he can yeah. get
3: it. Sorry, I was thinking of Kante's fee, then it's 400,000. Oh, okay, so, yeah. um yeah. For Mahrez, I think probably pushing 30. Um, I would think, because of the, he's had a really, really good season, but he can blow hot and cold as well. Um, he's getting much more consistent, which is brilliant, and he's bulked up a lot um, to do the defensive work because I think he, he said himself in his PFA acceptance speech that he was really struggling with the physicality to begin with and he was kind of doubting um people were telling him that you know he wasn't strong enough he wasn't going to be good enough to to compete at that level um it's so he's come on leaps and bounds in the next 9 months and i'd just love to see the kind of potential of what he could do in the next 9 if he carries on on that trajectory um it's got a real kind of Gareth Bale-esque feel to it where he's kind of taken the league by storm kind of come from you know real obscurity relatively um to do really really well and i just hope that he's got a chance to do what he does now for us in the Champions League next year because, you know, he's such been such a big part of the team this year. Um so we'll see. I mean, it's not it's not a done thing that he's leaving, but I would expect him to be kind of our number one target in terms of the player we're gonna be able to protect less from a move because he's he's so talented and seemingly wants to play at a quote unquote bigger club. He's kind of said that in interviews several times this year, which you can't blame him for um coming from where he's come from and you know making it on the big stage as opposed to jamie vardy who's kind of 29 now happy earning 80,000 pounds a week uh for the next two years regardless mares has got kind of that big move in him i think and he could play at the very very top level as well
0: it has sounded from some of us course, in the past that he is more interested in staying in england do you think that is what happens
3: he um he's ruled out a move to france definitely because he got linked with psg um obviously being a kind of french-speaking algerian player i think there's that immediate link to psg as as kind of one of the few handful of clubs that could actually afford him if we wanted to try and charge that kind of 30 million plus premium i think he would be probably keen to stay in england he's got a young family as well um a, a young daughter and a a girlfriend to living in Leicester at the moment so I suppose there's that to, to contend with as well you probably don't want to uproot that family structure and move it abroad if you can possibly help it so I guess somewhere like Arsenal would kind of help it's only an hour down the road by the on the train so it's not really very far even if they wanted to stay in Leicester and he could uh, he could kind of stay and come back all the time or move them down there um, so yeah, I think from what he said, he, he's—I mean—he's talked about Barcelona as well, and that I guess that's kind of a pipe dream because I can't see where he's going to fit into that team. He's just kind of only funny, Messi well, and Neymar, exactly. Messi, Neymar, <laughs> and Suarez. But then you know, if Suarez is angling for a move this summer, he's probably just looking for a bigger contract. But if he does leave, then I guess there's kind of an opening there. It's unlikely, but yeah, he's—he'd uh, he's, be silly to move uh, to rule out moves like that, particularly when he's not had a new contract at Leicester yet we Will probably offer him, you know, the same as what Jamie Vardy's on, if not offered to make him, you know, the most well-paid player in the club's history, break that hundred thousand pounds a week barrier. Now we're in the Champions League, so it's going to be interesting to see how that gets on. I think we'll get a, an idea pretty early on about whether he wants to stay or not. There's, there's, you know, it's a pretty short answer either way to a hundred thousand pounds a week for the next three or four years. Um, if you're Riyad Mahrez, you know, if you think you can get one hundred and fifty elsewhere and play for Arsenal or or Barcelona, then fair play.
0: Yeah, um, for Tottenham, there's actually been a lot of news coming out. Obviously, Della Ali, one young player of the year, and then within 24 hours punched Claudio Jacob, uh, ending a season with a three-game ban for violent conduct. Uh, at the time, I thought the suspension would be a bit less than the kind of three-game norm. But as soon as the FA started there, it did feel pretty fruitless to uh, challenge it, as it was a very clear incident. Um, the West Brom match on the whole was very disappointing. But uh, it was much worse for the fans of Tottenham that were counting this as a win heading into it, which is uh, obviously not a very safe thing to do when playing West Bromwich Albion, who have their days and they don't have their days. But to assume that West Brom wouldn't show up, I I think showed, uh, and we don't talk about it in football that often, but kind of a trap game. Mentality. We were already looking at Chelsea, worrying about what, were they, what they were going to do. Were they going to play their best 11 against us? Then take it easy on Leicester the last day of the season. We were already looking at the title, Chase. I just think that both internally and externally, most people involved with Tottenham glossed over this one. Um, and it really came back to bite us. Could we have won it? Obviously. Should we have won it? Probably. But there are few teams that are better at defending in numbers than this Pulis-West Brom side. And to be fair, most Pulis sides, period. Um, you see teams setting up behind the ball, but just expecting the sheer numbers to benefit them. But this is not how West Bromwich Albion set it up. This is how they want to play. And as soon as they got a goal back, there was very little chance of us getting a late winner. Um, the end result of all of this is that we will not win the title. And the priority now shifts to trying to make sure that we finish above Arsenal. And we'll have to do it without Dele Alli, who I said suspended for the year, and Eric Dyer, who picked up a concussion. And while there's no official concussion protocol in the Premier League, which there needs to be, by the way, um, I'm, I'm not sure that even if he plays, he'll be at, at full strength. So hopefully he'll be able to figure it out. Um, not he, hopefully he'll be okay. Uh, to play in this one against Chelsea, but it, it's really easy to see us kind of tanking from here on out. Not, not on purpose, just, you know, we put so much into this late push. Uh, I'm just not sure we'll be able to really boost the spirits again. And, and Chelsea aren't, and, you know, any easy match by any stretch. Southampton, you know, their defense hasn't really been as good as they had been earlier in the season. They can be a bit enigmatic. You never know who's going to play, so it's very hard to game plan against them because Mane and Tadic just seem to start at random. Um, But yeah, the goal now has to be finishing above Arsenal So on top of the title hopes being dashed And the Ali suspension and the dire injury Now you get to add to that wonderful pile of misery That Mauricio Pochettino is being linked with the PSG job Which is still up in the air The ownership has said that they're willing to stick by the current manager But Poch obviously played for PSG And it is a massive job And the question is, if he looks at this as his big chance or if he'd rather build his career before launching himself into that kind of spotlight, we haven't sold all of his players the way West, or sorry, the way Southampton did. Um, but he has left mid-contract before, and PSG is obviously a place that's close to his heart. This is all kicking off from a quote where he said that it was his dream job. It, it does lead to concerns because if he leaves, it wouldn't just be him leaving. Lloris has been linked to PSG for years. Now you're putting in his former manager at that club. I think that makes that very easy. Eriksen and Vertonghen have both agreed terms for their new contracts, but are both waiting to sign it until we see if Pochettino signs his extension first. It, it's, it's just a very frightening notion. And, and then you'd have this platform where PSG aren't under pressure until March or April when they get to the Champions League stages where it matters because they're just going to continue walking the French League. Uh, especially when you see the names like Batshuayi and Lacazette and and Nabil Fikir and all those guys being linked with moves away from Ligue 1. So PSG are going to be the only ones that are able to maintain their current level of success. So now you have this platform where you could bring in young players like the ones from Tottenham that have already played for Pochettino and give them that kind of stage on a big stage, but in a very real way, a very dimly lit stage. Because... Um, there's not a lot of attention paid there outside of France. So it is fairly concerning. I still think it's more likely than not that Pochettino stays. But if there was a situation that I could see him leaving us for, PSG is is pretty high up there.
4: Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.
0: All right. And while we're talking about managers, very surprising news. uh, The Kike Sanchez Flores could depart Watford at the end of the season due to a break clause in the contract. Watford obviously have struggled here in the second half, but just a month or so ago, when we were talking about manager of the year, he was a name that was brought up, as Watford never really were in the relegation fight, they still aren't despite their recent struggles Do you think that Watford should stick by Kike Sanchez, Flores, and vice versa?
1: I think it's it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because you're it on the face of it, and he's kept Watford up quite easily, they got to the FA Cup semi-final, you think, and someone's going to lose their job for that, but Watford recently, since since the puzzles bought the club, they've they've done this. They have changed the manager four times or something last season, didn't they? And got promoted. So um, normally you'd say changing the manager doesn't lead to success, but it seems to be working at Watford. Um, they're obviously concerned that the second half of the season sort of overlaps into next season. We've seen that haven't haven't we? When teams end the season poorly, they start the next season poorly as well. Leicester obviously proved that it works the other way, but there's there's countless examples of clubs that have done that. Um, I think Flores will be unlucky, but I can I can see it from Watford's point of view, and it's interesting to see the response from their fans. Actually, a lot of them seem to to agree with the decision, which you'd think would be a surprise. But I think that's just how football is these days, isn't it? People move quickly, and if a manager lasts for a year, they've done quite well.
3: I don't think the style of footballs kind of helped. Um... The, the argument um, I do think it would be a bit harsh to bin him off after a year given how easily as Jamie said he's kept Watford in the league it's almost as if he's being punished for doing so well so early if they'd had the kind of season that Leicester had last year where they were dead and buried with 10 games to go and he suddenly got them out of you know an impossible looking situation I think you then go into the end of the season with a lot more credit even if you end up on the same amount of points as if he would had a good start to the season and tailed off towards the end um, I think it's as much about playing style though as as anything else. For, from what I've read and seen um, from the guys from like the Rookery End podcast and mm. fa- various other bits and bobs, the, yeah, I mean, the results like and Mario performances haven't been good.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're not setting yeah. up to
3: attack. And when you and when you've got such demanding owners, um, I think it's as much down to the you know the brand of football that they're playing. I say it sounds really corporate and really crappy, but I think <laughs> for a lot of people, it's as much about that as any as results. You know, they want to see them battling with the best teams in in the best style possible, not just kind of making do and mend and getting through. And I suppose they feel like their investment demands that kind of level of performance. And if they're not getting it, then they're willing to, to change things at the top and, and try and make that happen. I suppose Kite Sanchez-Flores is, is is obviously a good manager. That's not in doubt. But I guess there's always that that temptation to go for a more glamour name, if they feel they can get someone who's a bit more of a, a Hollywood name, someone who's a bigger draw to kind of attract better players and stuff, um, as well as the Premier League money, then there's that always that in the back of people, people's minds as well.
1: I think he's been a bit unlucky as well. If you look at the Strikers, much of their success in the first half of the season was built on Troy Deeney and, and being unplayable at times. And both of those players have been very poor since the turn of the year, whether that's down to the style or they've lost form or Premier League defenders have worked them out. Neither of those players has looked up to the Premier League, in my view, in the second half of the season. So when you've had a strike force that's been so prolific and then in the second half of the season they can't buy a goal, it becomes a lot more difficult to be a manager.
2: I think that... I'd I'd be okay with it if they do if they know a manager they're going for because Watford have been truly terrible the second half of the season. Um, since Christmas, it's been um, 17 games. They have three wins against Newcastle, West Brom. A, a week that would have been a couple weeks ago when they were essentially on the beach and had two penalties saved, and against Palace, who have been terrible the second half of the season as well. They scored twelve goals and I think the reason they're in such a good place in the beginning is because like uh Jamie said, Audio Nagala was just running crazy hot. Like this was never gonna keep up. Yeah, I mean he scored one goal since um one goal since New Year's, two goals since Christmas, but like he was never gonna keep up the kind of streak he was on uh in the first half of the season. Like he was just he was running way too hot. Um and really they just like they got that 40 point mark and they but they've been really really bad so again if they're just firing him because we haven't played well second half of the season fire him and then like okay who do we hire then that's one thing but if they actually have a legitimately good young manager but not be young could just be good um manager in mind to replace him with then i'd be pretty okay with it
0: yeah I, i agree that if they have somebody lined up that's the only way it makes sense Maybe if DeBoer is not good enough for Arsenal, maybe Watford would be an interesting destination for him. Uh, I will say uh, to what Jim was saying, it'll be harder to find a better name than Kike Sanchez yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of better manager uh, and name recognition. Yeah, but well, it's such a great name; it's so fun to say.
1: He has find a better face as well. He's a very uh, good. Yeah.
0: The, the salt and pepper beer with the hair soup? It's a good oh, one. Yeah. I don't know where we're going with this, but I agree with all of it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is what happens when you invite me on the pod. I'm
0: also, Jamie just Scrabble...
3: starts talking about the aesthetics of the managers that are going to get fired <laughs> as opposed to them. Be...
0: <laughs> also, I, I love playing Scrabble, and just thinking about playing a version where you could oh a, use proper nouns <laughs> and you could use... Player names, or like, so how about only player names, like players and managers, <laughs> only football versions. i will be i will be okay. So. so, so one of those cues has to be a blank because you only get one in the box, right? Yeah. But that means you're getting a Q and a Z. That's just really impressive. You're wasting the S in the middle of a word, but if you're connecting it to a word perpendicularly, I'm just saying. You, you I'm
1: impressed at how much noise. thought you've—you've you've obviously put a lot of thought into, into how you would
3: play. I mean, Scrabble. I'm not a regular scrabbler yeah. but <laughs> you need more letters than the normal Scrabble game yeah. to spell oh, Sanchez oh, Flores. Flores. Yeah, you, you really yeah. would, because you get seven. Yes, I was going to say,
2: I thought it
0: might be nine. I was like, nope, still not enough. Yeah. But that is
2: slightly more than seven. Uh.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I think that what we've discovered is that there definitely should be a football version of Scrabble. The fact that Words with Friends was made for mobile, and then people learned how to do it there instead of Scrabble first, and so now there's a board game version of words with friends <laughs>
1: that's terrible we, i am actually starting we, a kickstarter oh, right now by the way so if, I, if i'm a little bit quiet that'll be <laughs> <like>. <laughs>
0: uh listeners can't see this but jim just typed scrab ball into the into the chat and that's <laughs> straight- we,
2: we are trademarking You're that, that it's phone. ours
0: <laughs> and, uh, due to digital copyright and stuff like that if we've said it on air which we have done uh that's us <laughs> and uh Hopefully we can get some backing on this. The tiles could have little footballs on them. You know, I, I think... We'll make
3: loads of money. We'll have an IPO and we'll see you in Dubai. And then we'll buy a football club.
2: And we can get both BT and Sky because we'll be millionaires then.
3: Yeah, exactly. that's probably the only way you'd be able to afford it. So yeah. To have a public company.
0: Yeah. Yeah, on the actual topic, I... I... Really uh, pigeonholed myself here, going last, but yeah, agree with what everybody said. Just twelve points since January first. Point eight points per game in the league, which is the fourth worst in the league. You mentioned the win against Crystal Palace. They're one of the three teams that have been worse. Uh, not not a very impressive thing. But but I mean, Igalu and Dini are in that kind of tween area. Like they're better than the championship. They might be just a step below if you really want to find success in the Premier League. But Kapu and Mario Suarez, despite being a very defensive pair, is a very strong midfield. Cathgard has impressed a lot this year. I know Nathan Ake slash Ake slash Ake? I think it's Ake. <laughs> um, I've,
2: I've always said Ake.
0: I've always said Ake. And then who Ake? do we have on? We had Rasmus on. He was like, ha, ha, ha. And I was like, dang, Rasmus knows everything. DJs, doctoring, how to pronounce <laughs> names, being Portuguese slash Belgium. Like, Belgium. That's that's what you call people from Belgium, not Belgian. They're Belgium. Um, they are Belgium. They are
2: the entirety of Belgium.
0: This is really going off the rails pretty quick. I agree. I think it's crazy that they want to get rid of Sanchez Flores, um, considering what he's done. I totally agree with Jim that if you flip the halves of the season, then you're really impressed. But they have dipped lately. I'm not sure how much of that is his fault. If they have somebody that's already come to them and said, I'm interested in this job, and it's London-esque placement, great for them. But if they don't have somebody, I think this, this could end up biting them in the tail. All right, and uh, very quickly, uh, we did a, a fake thing last Thursday on Most Improved Player. This time we're going to do Manager of the Year. I'm not expecting much pushback on this, but we'll start with Jamie. Or, or to keep things interesting, who who should have won it in uh, the championship? Should it have been Daesh?
1: I, I think, um, I, I, for starters, I don't like that awards are given out before the season's ended because anything could happen yet. And,
2: no one does. Yeah. We all hate yeah. it.
0: Exactly. We've uh, been I'm, over I'm, this. I'm, it might
1: not be an, a, an original opinion, but I still have to lay out my view there. Yeah. Um, from the championship, I think hutons as got a shout as any at Brighton. I think Borough and Burnley were both expected to be up there. Brighton, I don't think anyone outside of Brighton was expecting them to be up there Where he's got them competing with us they've spent a bit of money, nothing like the money that Burnley and Middlesbrough have spent Brighton have never been in the Premier League so it's uncharted territory for them um, so yeah, although I think has done a fantastic job, especially if we win the title, uh, I think Hewton would be a, a worthy winner there from the Premier League, obviously it's difficult to argue against Ranieri Um A few others I think should be in the conversation. I think Billich has done a fantastic job at West Ham. A lot of people expect them to struggle after Allardyce was sacked, to have them in the top six and doing well in the FA Cup. I think it's a fantastic achievement. Um, Bournemouth, I think they've spent money, but I think Eddie Howe's done terrifically well. They're probably the smallest club in the history of the Premier League, maybe certainly in the last 15, 20 years. And for them to be mid-table, they could finish as high as 11th. I think that's fantastic. Uh, but, yeah, obviously, Ranieri, if he wins a title with Leicester, it looks increasingly likely. I think it's very difficult to to argue anybody else.
2: Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I pretty much I'd...
1: addressed
0: all of it.
1: <laughs> Moving on. Next. What's next? <laughs> uh,
0: Just kidding. But, yeah, so, uh, quickly, Dan, yes. Ranieri. Yeah, it's got to be Ranieri. Jim, I mean... obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I mean patch <laughs> but whatever, it's fine.
2: <laughs> po- Pochettino probably deserves a shout but I'm an Arsenal fan well, so I'm not sure I can say that well, just, I mean, he's, he can't win over Renieri because yeah, it's, it's I mean just bleh, this, it's just this but, crazy um,
0: thing where you know any other year finish five, above City, United, Arsenal, Chelsea you win the yeah, league finish like any four other year spots. only 4 losses wins the league it's just Leicester happened to, to show it bigger this year so in any other year Pochettino wins it and it's probably not that close but instead you know Leicester had a very weird season. Leicester uh, and then brought in Ranieri amidst much controversy, and no hosts of this show ever said that they'd get relegated. And then uh, now, now they're about to win the title, which is truly a, a turnaround. Um, I, actually, uh, I guess the interesting point to go from here is, Jim, what do you think of your season next year? Like, what what are your expectations going to be?
3: Um, I can't say seventeenth again, can I? You won't let me get well, away with that. that you can't this year. <laughs> It's going to be difficult because I think it's going to be a very transitional summer. You've got like Conte coming into Chelsea. Uh, Klopp's going to have his first proper pre season at Liverpool, and everyone's expecting that to kind of bear huge amounts of fruit in terms of their performances. Uh, Louis Van Haal obviously might still be at Manchester United, might not. Pep Guardiola coming into City. So you've got a lot of the big boys are kind of reinforcements, and you know, obviously, when a new manager comes in, they normally get in in that situation you know tens if not hundreds of millions of pounds to spend over the next couple of transfer windows so we're going to be up against it to kind of keep competing with those big boys especially with the european football as well and how much that drains um the the kind of resources on the club i think it's going to be a season of kind of uh, trying to hold on to the best players that we've got now and protecting them from moves so the likes of kind of kante and mares who we've spoken about already um and then making sure we have that depth in the squad to deal with playing twice a week on a regular basis in the in the cup competitions. Um so it's it's difficult. I think, you know, anywhere kind of top half would I'd probably be happy with. I'm not I'm not going to be disappointed if we finish like eleventh Bearing in mind, it's going to be a hugely transitional season. It's difficult to know, you know, this season's come out of nowhere so much, obviously, um, that it's kind of difficult to know where that we're going to top out and start kind of re- reverting back to the mean, to use a kind of stats term. But um, I would be happy with kind of anything, kind of top half, given that we're going to be playing Champions League football on like a regular basis. It's just going to be. To um. It, I suppose it kind of
0: be t- one of those sides that goes in and just enjoys the process.
3: Yeah, it's going to be um, it's going to be difficult. It depends who you get. I suppose the fact that if we win the league, uh, we're going to be a top seed, so yeah, I guess that kind of helps. Oh. Yeah, we're going to be like this year's Zenit St. Petersburg, where you really want to <laughs> get PSV. Us,
2: but yeah
3: or PSV because you win your league, you're a top seed, and then everybody in the in the kind of pot two, pot three, pot four is kind of looking at you and licking your lips. And because we're an English team. Um, the winner of the Premier League isn't normally seen as like a soft touch whereas it tends to be a kind of a team from a, a one or two team league that everyone thinks isn't as strong so it's going to be difficult to uh, to, to, to kind of judge that until we see who's in our group but I'd, I'd be happy with like third I guess maybe not coming bottom and trying to get into the Europa League and see where that takes us kind of do what you know manchester united almost did this year and or you know tottenham kind of dropping into that league and going for it trying to get into the champions league again that way maybe that would be our best option rather than trying to finish fourth
0: mm. yeah but definitely. you never It'll know interesting also if you dropped into the europa league you can still help us get some of those coefficient points because as much <laughs> as i love tottenham yeah. and i'm impressed by Leicester that is not the Premier League's best foot forward.
3: Is the coefficient thing really a thing? Like yes. how yeah. far I know oh, no, it's a thing, but how far away we could are lose Italy? It next like year. in the oh, you know, this next season year, we're losing how, the Chelsea win. But
2: but this how, season has how, helped us, right? Because Italy yeah, was yeah, terrible. Yeah. Yes.
3: Yeah. But yeah. how bad would we need to be for Italy to
0: get the fourth um, spot? If like if we had, really bad. If both Tottenham and Leicester didn't go through past the group stage. Um and Italy had all three of theirs go through and had more in the Europa League than the Premier League, then then things would start getting iffy again. But Very. Uh, I, I, I haven't. Southampton at... and
2: West Ham suck for this year. Yeah. Like, oh, it would have oh, genuinely been a really West good Ham. year for England. Yeah. Because oh West yeah, Ham for, we're for year,
0: one match. Well, yeah, yeah no Bro,
2: oh. They
3: they got in via the fair play league and then kicked the crap out of everyone to make sure that didn't happen again
0: and they got <laughs> knocked out at the earliest possible stage. That was the strategy. I think that's yeah. what they were going for. Um but anyway, it, it, it is a possibility that we'd lose it next year. We we have really helped ourselves with Liverpool and City both making it to the semifinals. With uh I don't think either I don't think any Italian team made it to the quarters.
2: No, so, uh, Juve lost to Bar- Bayern, not Barca, Bayern in the uh, round of 16. And then, um, and then was Lazio it Na- lost Napoli- to Praha. Yeah, Lazio got crazy upset by Prague. Um, if you look, again, expected goals with me, but their map is hilarious for the two legs. It's like um, you would have expected Prague to score one goal and Nap- and Lazio would have scored four, but yeah. instead Prague scored four and Lazio scored one. And then Napoli got dumped out by Villarreal really early considering they were like co-favorites of Dortmund.
0: Yeah, so so it is less of a thing now than it was a month ago. But it is still possible for us to lose it next year. And then then things kind of uh, stabilize because of the, the time span. We had the United semi-final that's going away this year. And then the Chelsea win is going away next year, which will narrow. But then because there hasn't been crazy success since then. And Italy hasn't really had terrific success either. Oh,
2: well, Juve made the final. Yeah, outside of that Juve final. So, basically, it's what we need is,
3: Leic- is, Leic- is Leicester to win the Champions League next year. and yeah, that'd yeah, be a a fine. Or
0: Tottenham. You know that'd what? It'll all be fine. Tottenham will come in second behind Leicester.
3: Leicester-Tottenham we'll final, it's <laughs> all good. We are, like, coefficiented up to our eyeballs for the next 10 years.
1: I'll tell you what, I've never been so pleased to support a team that's never, ever going to have to worry about coefficients.
3: <laughs> the thing is, though, you say that, like...
0: We legitimately He's, were in the same position as you year. two yeah, years ago. It's
3: true. It's very true. Somebody asked so me about is this today because we were so
0: Burnley for the Champions League. Is that <laughs> yes. That yes, it's got to yes. be or Scrabble, <laughs> yes, just... and that's
3: it. Or Scrabble. Um, <laughs> so, but it was like it's funny because we're we were talking today them? at work about how um, there are going to be so many absolutely outside bets on various teams next year. Yeah, you because of gonna like the Leicester back back effect. Back back effect. We're that, gonna yeah, like the bookies are going to be absolutely raking it in. Oh, everyone history. who's
2: but this is everyone never gonna who's a thousand
3: again. to one is gonna get backed by the people that live in that city ten times more than they usually would. Yeah, mm.
2: like that's gonna oh, that's gonna suck when people are trying to re to become the next Leicester, quote unquote. When this yeah. is never gonna happen again, but well, we
3: know yeah. the answer now it's Burnley, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Spoilers,
2: yeah, I'll, I'll get to write all the articles.
1: Yeah,
3: okay. hey, Hooray, it's it's my invoicing like crazy. <laughs>
0: We'll steer everyone your way uh, for that to be sure. Wait, but it would be Burnley in two years, right? Oh yeah, but that's next, the next. They're on 20th at Christmas, then finish. Yeah,
2: that's yeah. oh, and... cool. I can wait. Yeah, that's fine. Well, Villa aren't going to be your next Leicester, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So, never mind. Let's not have that conversation now. That is very <laughs> much an off-season conversation, and potentially not even one worth having. So uh, we will move on to uh, player watch, where we haven't had recent matches in particular, but I thought it would be interesting if we went through and named a player at our club who surpassed our expectations this season. So maybe somebody that you were down on and then you're like, oh wow, so I guess they are actually pretty decent. Uh, We'll start off with Jamie.
1: Okay, um, I thought this is a tricky one for Burnley because I think our squad, um, after the transfer window closed at least, it looked like it should be competing um, for, for promotion at least, if not the title. But one player who's certainly overperformed, in my view, is Ben Mee. Um, I think he won six out of the ten supporters Player of the Year awards this week. But he started the season playing left-back. Now, as a left-back, Ben Mee is fine. He's he's quite limited. He's not that comfortable on the ball. He's very much a, a blocker, a defending fullback rather than an attacking fullback. back um, But I think we got beat 3-0 at Hull on Boxing Day. After that, Sean Dash moved me inside brought Stephen Ward into the team. Since then, we haven't lost. Ben Mee's been absolutely fantastic at centre-back. I think he's had one slightly dodgy game. Me and Keane, two of the best young English centre-backs in the country, in my view, and I'm excited to see how he does in the Premier League because he's not really had a chance at centre-back since he signed for us, even though he was... Supposed to be a centre back, he just sort of got shuffled, shuffled out to left back, maybe because he's left footed. I don't know if he'd even played there before. No, he had a spell at Leicester, didn't he, Jim? But I, I don't know where he played for you guys. But uh, centre back yeah, for like us, left, second half is side, been side been of fantastic. the centre back
3: partnership, normally. And we had Michael Keane as well, so Bernie yeah. really are the next Leicester, basically, <laughs> is what we're saying.
1: <laughs> it's written, it is written, isn't it? So yeah, Ben me. if you're Jimmy
2: already uh. Also, we had
0: Kane who was Leicester, so Tottenham were the next Leicester. <laughs>
2: Everyone's had... the next Leicester.
3: <laughs> the thing is, like Burnley have legitimately got a player in Andre Gray that used to be playing at the same level as Jamie Vardy. Like he was playing for Hinckley Town, who uh, a club like fifteen, twenty minutes drive away from me in like the Northern Conference or the Southern Conference, whichever one they play in. So he's legitimately had, albeit slightly more elongated, like a massive rise to. The prominence being that he's going to be playing Premier League football next year. And he is yeah, also
1: absolutely. very fast. I mean, I couldn't really mention Andre Green there, given that we paid £6 million for him or something, but yeah, he's also been absolutely fantastic, and if we get promoted, I'll be very excited to see how he does next season. I think he's got the pace and power that causes problems for defenders at all sorts of levels. and Unlike some strikers, I think when they come up from the Championship and they have a few games where it's difficult, they don't see much of the ball, they don't have a chance, and it bothers them and you see the confidence go and it starts to weigh heavily on the shoulders. Andre Gray just doesn't seem to have that. He'll miss the chance, and then he just seems fine straight away. He bounces back really quickly. So I'll be very interested to see how he does for us next season because I, I don't see him being at the club on term. I suspect he's going
2: to have a, a Premier League career.
0: All right, and Dan, uh, at Arsenal, who has surpassed your expectations this season?
2: Um, I guess the easy answer is Alex Iwobi. But um, I don't know, he's just been... been playing a lot better than I expected. I didn't expect him to play for us at all this year. I expect him to go out alone to a championship side, play pretty average, and probably not make it. But uh, hey, look at this. He's actually broken into a first team, legitimately. Um, Yeah, no, he's just been very, very good. He's exactly what we needed. Maybe not exactly. But he's a version of what we needed to balance out the team because with um, players, it'd been for a while, been Walcott or Oxide chamberlain on one wing, and then Alexis on the other, or when Alexis was out, it was both of them on opposite wings or Joel Campbell, on one of the wings. And there's just too many players who were just dribbly and gave the ball away a lot. Less so Campbell for giving the ball away, but again, not really the kind of interlinking player we need. And with, um, what was it? Uh, with a he's very good in transitions, moving the ball. So that's, and since we lost, Gazorla, we have needed that. Um, he's just, Come in, he's played well. It's and scored goals, which I didn't expect from him. Um it it's been a complete shock to me, maybe not to some other people, but I don't think anyone expect I don't have very many people who would have called him playing a major role in the first team this year, maybe next year, but even I thought that was very optimistic. So I mean well be. I had no expectations and he's played well, um, and consistently.
0: Alright, and I imagine this will be quite difficult for you, Jim, but who most uh, surpassed your expectations this season?
3: No, it's quite easy actually for me, for someone who surpassed my oh, expectations. I know who it is. Um, you think I'm going to say Wes Morgan, don't you? That is what I think you're going to say. <laughs> I'm actually going to say Danny Simpson oh, um, at right. right back. Yeah. Like, bar the Arsenal sending off, which was a proper brain fade, um, he has had a really, really good season. Like, for a guy who couldn't get in the QPR team when we bought him and who started the season behind Richard DeLat, who's now on loan at Middlesbrough um in the championship because he's basically been frozen out of his position and needed to play um on a regular basis. Danny Simpson has been just so solid. Like he doesn't look out of place in that defence alongside like Christian Fuchs and Robert Hoof, who've played at, you know, pretty good levels in their careers. Um and he, he you know, he seems to just it's the whole theme of Leicester really, like the, the team is better than the sum of their parts that's basically the tagline for our entire season we have got very very special players in kind of Vardy and Mahrez but on the whole you know it's solid if unspectacular at times and kind of Danny Simpson's the perfect epitome of that he's he's um he does his job he's not overly um attacking so he's he's not like the modern fullback that bombs on all the time um the furthest he goes up is like 70 yards out of 100 for, for a throw in and then he'll run straight back to his kind of position but he's he's just been you know and we missed him so much in that one game where he was suspended um it really kind of showed us at that point you know how much we kind of took him for granted in, in that defensive
0: unit hmm. um i'm i'm also gonna stay uh at right back I've, I've talked too much about dembele the past few weeks although his resurgence was crucial to our season but uh, Kyle Walker, who had really stagnated since his, his season when he won Young Player of the Year, which is still mildly laughable to Spurs fans. I can only imagine what it's like for non-Spurs fans. Um, but he, he used to make loads of mistakes, counted on his pace constantly to bail him out. But this season he's really blossomed and he's drastically improved his positioning. And on top of that, now he has Eric Dyer, who's a capable right back and a defensive midfield can slot back into the back line whenever we're attacking, and as so often happens in a 4-2-3-1 where you have inverted wingers, you rely on your, on your wingbacks to really get forward and create on the edges, so um, he, he's gotten much better at that uh, as well. The delivery, still not perhaps as good as Kieran Trippier, who we brought in to challenge him, which, by the way, is is a theory that I never particularly bought into that if you bring in somebody to challenge somebody, they'd really step their game up. But now it's happened to us on both wings. We brought in Ben Davis, and Danny Rose had his breakout season. Now we brought in Trippier and Kyle Walker's had his breakout season. We should just do that more. That <laughs> that seemed to really work a treat. Um, who who knows what'll happen if we bring in somebody behind Kane? Fifty goals, I guess, is really <laughs> the next. Uh, mile point. Uh, of course, I jest. But, uh, yeah, I've been very impressed by Kyle Walker. Really pleased with his development. And he doesn't rely on his pace anymore. He could play his game without it. And now he, his stamina is up a lot more because he isn't constantly in like that dead sprint um, to, to get back to cover for the errors that he's made. Uh, and now just uses it as an asset. Uh, particularly to go, to go around defending players who it, it, and it's, it's a trait that Gareth Bale had as well, where defenders think that they're at top speed, and then they just crank it up a little bit more, and then it just messes up all of the defensive angles. Um, so, yeah, the, the fact that he's using it less, I think, is actually also making it more effective as well. Hang
1: on a minute. Did you just compare Kyle Walker to Gareth Bale? Hey, is that a thing that just happened? Uh, I hey. compared
0: their pace.
1: I think you are okay, find... just checking, just checking.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, let's not kid ourselves. Kyle Walker <laughs> is the right-sided Gareth Bale.
2: I mean, they both won Young Player of the Year. <laughs>
0: they both won Young Player of the Year. <laughs> they both started at wing back. I'd
2: honestly totally them they we both Young Player of the Year. They I'd both have ninety-plus really pace year. on FIFA.
0: Kyle Walker to Madrid. Uh, <laughs> we need to so get <laughs> Walker on the pitch with Mykon and see what happens, don't we? Yeah, oh, Christ. Okay, so okay, so then the big question is, who is the left-back version of Mykon? Because that's um, who we have to abuse. Alaba? Nah, he's too young.
2: He's good. He's actually good. Too young
0: to uh, go. I guess good at that point. But, um... mm. yeah. yeah, the reason why that was such a big deal is that he had just won... He had just been in Team of the Year as the defender. Well, who was the... just in
2: Team of the Year, left back? Um, okay. Marcelo.
0: Oh, okay.
2: That's actually really simple.
0: So that's <laughs> our prediction. So next year, Burnley win the title and Tottenham's breakout player is going to be Kyle Walker, who does Marcelo, uh, and then he goes to Madrid in two years after we come in fifth yet again. <laughs> All right, uh, well, we will wrap up with match previews as we head into the weekend. We will start off with Dan and his match against the Canaries of Norwich.
2: Um. Yeah, Arsenal play Norwich at home. Um, it's kind of a game we can't really afford to drop points in because we have I guess technically we could afford a draw but that would mean we'd have to beat City the next weekend but um for the top four because United if they win their game in hand although that is against Leicester but um they would be two points behind us but I I mean Norwich are that cliche fighting for their lives team but I think they're fighting for their lives because they're not very good and I think as as we've been recently and as disinterested as we looked recently i still think we'll be able to get the job done uh because norwich aren't very good and they can't defend
0: uh we will move on to jim we mentioned it a little bit earlier you're going to be visiting old trafford potentially to win the title what are you feeling heading into this one sick really really <laughs> yep. sick yep um
3: it's difficult as obviously without Vardy, he's kind of our he would be our main weapon and he he has kind of terrorised Manchester United in the last couple of years. Like the, the the game his kind of best game um of last season was the five three against United and then obviously he broke the record for the most amount of consecutive goals scored in the league. Um so it's difficult to see us winning it without him, but I'd love to think that we could turn them over. But it's probably going to be like, a I don't know, maybe like a boring draw, like 0-0 or 1-1, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I-, I could see
0: this one being close. Well, uh, is the show going to be fit?
3: Uh, yeah, well, he went off limping with his back, I think. Um, but by all accounts, no one's going to mention that he's not going to be fit. So I think everyone's just kind of assuming that he is. Otherwise, it's going to get really interesting because we're basically out of strikers then, um, because we loaned Cramrich out in January and didn't buy anyone else. We've only Shulken really had three. Short. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, for, but basically, he's been a converted fullback for the last two and a half years. Um, so, and he—I he, don't know if you saw on the highlights what happened when he got cleaned through the other day. Like one, yeah. one he did set a show up. But he did also oh, put one into Rogue Double Z, like when he got <laughs> absolutely lashed it, and some guy like fifty rows back lost his false teeth or whatever. So, um, I, I, it, I would absolutely love Schluck to play up front at Old Trafford because they had him on trial uh, two years ago and said he wasn't good enough. Like we, we legitimately,
2: 90th minute, yeah, like we legitimately
3: let him go to Old Trafford for a month long trial in the middle of our season. So he just upped and left for oh, for four weeks. And they played him in like three under-21 games. Um, Imagine and if it,
1: Jeff Shlup scores a goal that wins the title.
3: I, 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 do you know what? The thing is, I'm the biggest <laughs> Jeff Schlupp fan going. I absolutely <laughs> love Jeff Up, And even the people that sit around I me at Leicester... <laughs> the people that sit around me at Leicester actively shout at me when he does stuff wrong because I'm such a big fan of him. But I, they get angry at me because of stuff that he's done. Why would you so
0: mean, I, do that, Jim?
3: Yeah, why do you... That's like, I'm not in control of his wayward shooting. I just think he's a really good player. Maybe you like, just can't
1: be too he's,
0: long.
3: Not <laughs> he's not in control of his wayward shooting. It's not like I've got him on a FIFA controller I'm just literally holding down the button too long. But or do you? That's got, that probably says more about the people that are sitting around me than, than Jeff Slup, to be honest. And they seem to overestimate my influence on the Leicester team.
0: actually the premise of the new Avatar film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're just lying in a bed controlling Jeff just... Slup. Yeah, Jesus Christ!
3: it's gone to a very, very dark place now. Um, I would watch that. I definitely watch. <laughs> three three hours long. Yeah, um,
0: <laughs> it's just loads of shots over the crossbar. Then the yeah. sequel of that will be Andros Townsend. <laughs> you know, when, you
3: know that sometimes in football warm ups they have to put like nets up behind the goal that they're shooting at, so they don't like kill fans. I think basically <laughs> Jeff schluck made that invention happen uh, 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 because of his uh, uh, way of shooting. Um, but I would absolutely love him to score the winner at Old Trafford. I think if that is, I could, like, die a happy man. I might just end it all then and there once we've left <laughs> the trophy. Or all, not all get the better ground
1: now. would be buying new a Oh Well, exactly, drink. yeah. At the,
3: at the final home game <laughs> yeah. of the season, I expect not to have to buy a drink until the end of time because of the fact of what <laughs> I've done. I could, like, legitimately... <laughs> Get on the open top bus parade as having some kind of responsibility
0: <laughs> for that goal. In your little bed pod. Yeah. Sure. yeah. So, so just, yeah. That's, you and Jessica, arm what's arm, arm,
2: just walking on the open top bus.
0: Yes. You lifting him, lifting the trophy. I, I yeah, because is...
3: he's quite small actually, so he would probably on my right. shoulders. He oh, yeah, so. he could be on my shoulders
0: this... like a kid at the beach with his dad. This is a really <laughs> Just... interesting topic Sorry. that we should bring up sometime. How many players on your own club could you pick up on your shoulders? Yeah, <laughs> it's very few at Leicester because they're all big old lads. Apart from Mungola, one, Kante. zero.
2: Yeah,
0: you can have Kante on
3: one arm and Schlup on the other, and then oh. um, apart from that, you'd struggle. I think.
0: Ah, fair enough.
3: So we're going to win 2-1, and oh, right. going to yeah. score the winner.
0: All right. Uh, for me, Tottenham visiting Stamford Bridge to face Chelsea, I have been more optimistic about things in my life. Not going to lie. Uh, I, I think the attack will struggle the most this match, trying to deal with the absence of Della Ali. I have seen way too many Tottenham sites and reporters that I respect to completely discredit this, but I have no idea why people think Ryan Mason is going to fill in for Dele Ali. Dele Ali has not played as a central midfielder for Tottenham since November. He's been playing as our, either our attacking midfielder or our left winger, which for me makes Son or Chadley the obvious choices. I just don't know why that's being uh, because yeah, so yeah. he's a ladies. CM I'd in FIFA.
2: It. Don't you know, Kevin? Come <laughs> on. <laughs> ah. Harrison's going to play the Uncain, surely.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, Mason's gonna play up front. Kane will shift to yeah. left wing. Eriksson <laughs> behind. It's just le-
2: Laurie. left back.
0: Yeah, obvious. To be fair, Dan-
2: Danny Rosen goal.
0: To be fair, outside of Neuer, you'd be hard pressed to find a better ball playing goalkeeper. Or am I just crazy biased? As that no, is that science? No, he's indicated. good. And
2: I <laughs> I I don't know many goalkeepers. <laughs> fair enough. I mean, I don't watch enough um, as many goalkeepers as I need to to say. Laurie is the best. <laughs> Laurie is the worst. <laughs>
0: yeah. Because yeah. um, that
2: really doesn't happen that often.
0: Yeah. Because it shouldn't. But anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah. Minnule is why
2: it shouldn't. But,
0: uh... <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I, I just think we'll be dis- disjointed in attack trying to figure out everybody's new roles. It should be less disjointed than if Ryan Mason for some reason was on the wing. Um, but I'm still not particularly confident Chelsea have, have been very uh, hot and cold on effort the past few weeks, um, but it looks like Hazard is finally rounding into form, and I think he's going to be looking at these matches as kind of the warm-up for the Euros, which I think many people were questioning how effective he'd be for a highly touted Belgium side that that you know didn't have many players that were in terrific form with Lukaku and Betteke both struggling. Although, they do a batch who they can just plug in, who, who's been doing well in France. Um, but yeah, I, I think Chelsea are going to really show up, uh, regardless of whether or not there's any chance of us winning the title, which I don't think there is. Uh, but I think we're going to struggle in this one. Uh, the heart says a draw, but the head actually sees a loss. I think a 2-1 loss for Tottenham uh, wouldn't be that surprising, which would make the Tottenham... Arsenal race for a second. A very compelling one.
2: Don't you get my hopes up, Kevin.
0: <laughs> That's not my goal. Um, <laughs> all right. And uh, we'll wrap it up. You're also playing on Monday. Jamie, you mentioned the match against QPR. Obviously you could decide your fate here. As you mentioned, um, the, the other two are playing themselves. So what do you see heading into this match?
1: I don't know. Really? I think, I think the fact that, that we play last this weekend is potentially a benefit. If, if, there's been drop points by Middlesbrough Brighton but if they both win then obviously there's a lot of pressure on us and it would be quite a nervous tense occasion at Turfmore I think Brighton play immediately before us as well I think their game finishes basically when hours start so if th- there seems to be a lot of late goals in the championship recently if they were to get a late winner which has happened a few times recently um That could be quite demoralising for players and fans, and it it would be maybe a strange atmosphere. That said, QPR aren't a very good team. We've been quite strong at home. Um, Teams from sort of mid-table, the bottom half, we've put away home and away all season. So, on the face of it, on the pitch, there's no reason to suggest we wouldn't win this game fairly comfortably. This time of the season, shocks do happen. Um, I don't see there being one involving us. I think. Preston on Friday night was our difficult game, I'd be quite surprised if we don't win our last two games, so I'm fairly confident going into this one QPR, I don't think they're going to put up too much for a fight, it's a cliche but I think an early goal, and a good fast start would be absolutely key so we can get ahead and lessen some of those nerves, but yeah I'm I'm fairly confident that we'll still be top um, going into the last day which would mean that I think a, a draw would be enough for us with Borough playing Brighton
0: Yeah, unless my math is wrong in my head, which is entirely possible. Um, If you win, regardless of what the last result would be, you'd go up. Because if they both got a draw...
1: No, because uh, a draw would take them both. Everyone's got the same points at the moment. So if we all win this weekend, then they could draw and we could lose and And finish the But yeah, as as long as we win this weekend we should be fairly comfortable
0: and your last match is against Charlton which you mentioned who who are likely to go down you said there might be some weird ramifications surrounding that it, it, if it would be abandoned wouldn't they just give you the points
1: um, I think it, it depends on various things the precedent is Blackpool fans did the same thing um, at the end of was it last season or the season before and I think the game was 48 minutes old it was 0-0 and they decided to let that result stand Um, it was Huddersfield they were playing and it didn't have a massive impact on them they could have finished one place higher Um, I think there is some cash for places in the championship it's not vast but Huddersfield were upset because they could have finished above Leeds which is obviously a big thing for them it's a bit of a local derby so it would have been bragging rights over the summer Um, I imagine that there is a contingency plan there's been talk of replaying the game behind closed doors during the week but if we were to end up in the playoffs then that would affect the playoffs Um, I would imagine that there'll just be a heavy steward in presence, a lot of local police, and no matter how much disruption there is, the game will be played to a close on the day, which would still be difficult because you're supposed to finish at the same time, aren't you? Everyone expects Burnley to finish after Middlesbrough and Brighton, so we'll know exactly what's going to happen, Um, which could mean that we're promoted and it's a good party atmosphere for us while Charleston are protesting or it could mean that we're stressing trying to get a goal which doesn't really bear thinking about but yeah we need to beat QPR first get that out of the way and then hopefully it will be as smooth as possible at Charleston because the the potential for disruption is certainly there.
0: Fair enough all right and with that we are well beyond our usual runtime, but we had a great time so uh deal with it I suppose um but if you want to tell people where they can find you or any projects you're working on now would be a good time.
1: Yeah, I've been Jamie Smith. I host the No Name Ever podcast which covers Burnley and the championship. You can find that at no dot net and that's on Twitter as well at no net is the username or you can follow me. My username is Jamie Smith.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm Dan. If for some reason you want to find me on Twitter, it's at the underscore jersey underscore fits. Uh, thanks for having me on. Cheers
3: for listening guys. I've been Jim. I'm the uh Chief, uh, I'm not the chief betting editor anymore. I'm the gaming content manager for Perform, which basically covers a lot of different websites and portals like Goal.com, Sockaway and Opta. So if you want to read any of my kind of ramblings about Leicester and uh, betting related stuff, then head over there and and read away.
0: Yeah, and I am your host, Kevin DeVries, at Kevrov on Twitter. You can find my fantasy writings at uh, playtaga.com and theeaglespeak.com. You can also listen to our fantasy show, The FPL Roundtable, which goes up on Thursdays, as well as this, which goes up Mondays and Fridays. But it seems like you've already figured that out if you made it to this point in the show. Uh, so thanks for listening. It's been a pleasure, as always, guys, and we do hope you keep listening. And we'll catch you next time.